Winston Churchill said, Some people regard private enterprise as a predatory tiger to be shot. Others look at it as a cow they can milk. Not enough people see it as a healthy horse pulling a sturdy wagon. Churchill was right. Business is important. It's the backbone of a nation's economy. But what does that mean for the Christian business person? In the bare-knuckle world of business, are Christian business people unique? How should Christian business leaders stand out as they pull the weight of our nation's economy? Stay tuned to this week's podcast because today, Kent, Vicki, and Nathan will explore what the book of James says should set Christian business people apart. Welcome to Crosstalk, a Christian podcast whose goal is for us to encourage each other to not only increase our knowledge of the Bible, but to take the next step beyond information into transformation. Our goal is to bring the Bible to life, into all our lives. I'm Brian French. Today, Dr. Kent Edwards, Vicki Hitzkis, and Nathan Norman continue their discussion through the book of James by looking at James chapter 4, verses 13 to 16. If you have a Bible handy, turn to James chapter 4, verses 13 to 16, as we join their discussion. Well, Nathan, Vicki, I think we can all agree that our lives are better off because of businesses. Oh, yeah. Oh, I would I would say so, especially this year when there hasn't been business and people have been stuck at home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, amen. Uh, good point. Nothing like losing some businesses to realize how much we need them. Yes. So if businesses are good, then is it right for Christians to be engaged in the business world? And if it is, how do you know that? Well, that's a funny question, Kent. The Bible talks a lot about business. Yeah, like where? Well, there's a proverb that says, if you don't work, you shall not eat. Okay, well, that's pretty clear. Abraham was a successful businessman. Paul talks about being a tent maker. Uh All throughout the Bible, people work. In fact, in Proverbs 31, when it talks about wisdom, it pictures wisdom as being a woman. Ha, ha, ha. That's right. (laughs) And and she (laughs) considers a field and buys it. Yeah. That's work. Absolutely. Yeah, you've got Joseph. Uh, He saved his entire family, the Hebrew nation, uh, because of his business acumen as the second in charge in Egypt. Yeah. And God played no small part in helping him uh, achieve that business success. Absolutely. So God is certainly involved. Yeah, if I could be so bold, I think Christian business people are essential for a healthy economy because I think they make two important contributions. First of all, I think Christian business people are important instrumentally. By that, I mean by what they can produce. I mean, a primary goal of a business is profit. And so as Christian business people make profits, I think that supports their local economy, their government, and the work of God around the world. I mean, it's interesting to me that in Luke chapter 8, where we have the parable of the soils, I see two things. First of all, in that parable as the sowers throwing the seed on the various soils, even though a number of times the seed doesn't always produce fruit, he's really looking for that time when it does. (laughs) Jesus Mm -hmm. says, a wise farmer plants in order to see a profit. And that's interesting because the setting of that specific parable in Luke 
indicates that Jesus was accompanied by, Vicki, you like this, a group of women, well-to-do uh -huh. women who had a significant amount of money and they were using their resources to support Jesus out of their own means. Hmm. So, um, Instrumentally, um, profit is good and is used for the kingdom of God as well as to support our economy. But also Christian business people are important not only for what they produce, but they're valuable intrinsically. In other words, for how they do their business. When a Christian business person goes to their place of work, they take their ethics, their values, and their convictions with them. And when they do, they, that changes how the business world operates. Guys, I don't know if you know this, but every year on April 22nd, businesses around the world celebrate Take Our Daughters and Sons to Work Day. Parents on that day have permission to show and tell their children about the business they are in. I think that's wonderful. But it does make me wonder if that day would be different if the parent was a Christian or a non-Christian? I mean, does one's faith really make a tangible difference in business? Do our values, do our ethics, do our convictions change the way we operate? And if so, what is the difference? Nathan, Vicki, I'm sure you have known many successful Christian business owners, executives. How, how have you seen their how their faith has changed the way they have done business well just off the top of my head i remember when i was a little girl my mother used to teach piano lessons and she would teach all day long L listen to this she'd have 10 kids every 30 minutes five wow. pianos two kids per piano and wow. she taught those kids how to play the piano to this wow. day she wants quiet isn't that funny? She hates music. She just wants quiet. But then she would come home and she would teach private lessons. And I tell you all that because my father would get audited and they must have changed the laws because it was more later. But he, he got audited a couple times, I remember. And he said to the IRS agent, if I were going to cheat you, I would not have reported my wife's income because hmm. all of that money was cash. Wow. And the, and he's, Andy said, you've asked me a lot of questions. May I ask some of you? And the IRS agent sat back and my dad said, if you happen to die tonight, do you know where you'd go? <laughs> and he led him to the Lord. Wow. Good wow. for him. Wow. Yeah. But how your dad conducted business gave him an opening. Yeah. Made a difference. Absolutely. Even when he's staring down at the barrel of the IRS's checkbooks. <laughs> <laughs> That's not an easy place to be. Uh, no. You just want it to stop. Um, two, two things come to mind, uh, a personal one and a historical one. One, uh, we have a leader in our church. She co-owns a, a series of auto repair shops. Uh, that's not her main business. She, uh, she does other things, but she co-owns these auto shops. And not only has she, over the years, partnered with our church to help uh, single moms uh, take care of their cars, but I do happen to know that as they've had single moms, widows, uh, people who are out of work come in with car trouble, 
and they know they can't pay, not only have they worked out incredibly generous repayment plans, but at times mm. they've just done work for them for free. They've bought parts and put them in for mm. free, knowing that uh, they just couldn't afford this, could never afford this. And even a payment plan uh, wouldn't be able to uh, to get them back on the on the street. And uh, yeah, so that's that's been incredible uh, watching that happen behind the scenes. Historically, I remember a story Greg Leith told uh, yeah. in a crosstalk meeting one time. And he was talking about William Tyndale, who we know was a English Bible translator and had to smuggle the English uh, translation all around because apparently that was heretical and he risked his life. But not only did William Tyndale uh, do this all by himself, no, he had uh, printers who were willing to work with him and he had a businessman, Humphrey Monmouth, who was a uh, London textile worker had a very uh, successful textile business, and he was willing to not only put up Tyndale while he was uh, at sometimes on the run and put himself at risk, but he also was willing to put his business at risk by hiding the Bibles in his own textiles as they were being shipped around. Wow. wow. Distribution and everything. Yeah. Funding, distribution. Um, and I understand he also opened his house for him to stay in, provided yes. a place of refuge as well. That's right. Accommodation. Yeah. No, I think as Christian business people bring their ethics to the workplace, they make a difference. I remember a conversation I had in, of all places, Romania. <laughs> that is where Crosstalk first began to work to equip uh, biblical communicators to effectively teach the Bible. And uh, one of our instructors there, good friend and very successful business entrepreneur, Steffi Kornelsiu was, was with me. <laughs> We've driven across you're up for many, many hours. And on one occasion, he told me a story that really showed me the difference Christian business people could make. He was in a small startup that had managed, um, he and a number of other uh, co-owners, to uh, write a grant to the European Union. And they secured this grant. And it was a significant amount of money. It was a real coup that they had got this in order to accomplish this project. But the problem was that team that had initially submitted the grant had changed. One of the very key people necessary to bring this project to fruition was no longer with the company. They really couldn't produce the product that they had promised and for which they got received the grant. The other owners really wanted to move ahead anyway. They said, it's common knowledge. Everyone lies. Everybody can get away with it. They'll never know. We won't get audited. We can't afford to give up this business. But I have to commend it, Steffi. He really, because he was a Christian, said, no, we can't do this. And it cost him relationally, it cost him professionally, it cost him personally. But he did it because it's the right thing to do. Mm. I think when we come with those kind of ethics, we are salt and light in a dark and decaying world. We can be marketplace missionaries. And I think that's absolutely critical. Wow. But James is a little concerned about, quite concerned actually, about the business people of his day, especially because of how they were acting. In James hmm. chapter 4, we read in chapter 13 and verses 13 and 14, now listen you who say, today or tomorrow we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. Why, you don't even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, 
If it's the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. To understand why James is coming down hard on the business people of his day, we need to understand the larger context of this letter. Some of our listeners will remember that James wrote this epistle to the 12 tribes, Jewish Christians, who were scattered among the nations because of persecution. They were refugees, many of whom had little more than the money on their back. But some were well off. Back in chapter 1, verse 11, James refers to wealthy people in the church. And in chapter 2, James mentions wealthy people enjoying the best seats in church. So there was obviously some economic discrepancy. Why? Well, my hunch is that those that had their resources tied up in fixed assets like land or homes, when persecution came and they ran, they left their money behind. But those who may have been in commerce may have literally had their money in gold, and they could throw those bags over their back and run with their money. And then when they found a place of safety, could use their capital they brought with them to make profitable investments. I think that's why he says, listen, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. He says that because they had the opportunity to do that. And it's then, according to James, that the rich can fall into the trap of arrogance and self-confidence. To believe that their wealth came because of their brilliance and start looking down on the poor as losers who did not or cannot succeed because of lack of ability. But this is not the attitude, James says, that's to characterize Christians because it's not the attitude of Christ. I'm reminded of what Paul said in Philippians 2. We should have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in the very nature God, did not mm -hmm. consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant. And James tells them here to adopt that very same humility. He says, don't say that. Don't say that today or tomorrow we will go and spend a year and make money. Why, you don't even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You're a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, James says, no. You ought to humility say, if it's the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. I think what James is trying to tell these successful business people that there is no such thing as a self-made man. Everything we have comes only and because of God's goodness. That's what Moses really wanted the Israelites to understand when they went into the promised land. Moses told them in Deuteronomy chapter 8, when you eat and are satisfied, when they get into the promised land, when you build fine houses and settle down, and when your herds and flocks grow large and your silver and gold increase, then your heart will become proud, and you will forget the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt. You may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But remember the Lord your God, 
for it is he who gives the ability you the ability to produce wealth. And if you ever forget the Lord your God, like the nations the Lord destroyed before you, so you will be destroyed for not obeying the Lord your God. Moses wants God's people to recognize that yes, they may prosper. Yes, they may do well in business, and that's not wrong. But it all comes from the Lord, not just from themselves. In fact, I found it interesting. Maybe like me, you guys grew up with parents who said we always say grace uh, before a meal, correct? Oh, yeah. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. But where'd that come from? Actually came from that same passage. In Deuteronomy 8, verse 10, listen to this. When you have eaten and are satisfied, praise the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. Hmm. We pray that regularly because we want to have that same humility. Because we agree with Solomon in Proverbs 22, who said, rich and poor have this in common. The Lord is the maker of them all. What James is saying to arrogant business people is that the attitude with which they conduct their business was destroying their witness. And they're not making an intrinsic contribution to the kingdom of God. What is more, arrogance is not helping their business either. <laughs> In a recent Harvard Business Review article, Bill Taylor, the co-founder of Fast Company wrote, quote, we live in a world where ego gets attention, but modesty gets results. Where arrogance makes headlines, but humility makes a difference. Okay, so if that's true, and uh, I believe that what James is saying here is true, that arrogance can inflict even the most uh, successful Christian business people, how can we be helpful? How can we help our listeners who may be in the business world recalibrate their opinion of themselves? Well, it's gaining perspective, I think. And I don't know of a better way to gain perspective on ourselves and our situation and our blessings and our difficulties than serving somewhere in the community. Hmm. Uh, serving hard. I, sometimes in the church, yes, but we all know sometimes serving in the church can uh, be about titles and and whatnot. But but mm -hmm. if you're going to serve in a church, serve in a place where they're asking for help. Serve in the nursery. Serve in children's ministry. Ah. Uh, and... Uh, what an amazing testimony for a business person to be able to uh, build into the lives of the young people or uh, find uh, opportunities to serve in the local school or uh, or possibly a homeless shelter or soup kitchen mm -hmm. or uh, those kinds of things. I, when you are rubbing elbows with people, I think there is a pervading sense which the Holy Spirit reminds us there, but by the grace of God, go I. One place that I've noticed in the past is um, visiting people in old folks' homes. Oh, yeah. Vicki, I know your mom is, is in a home right now. And uh, yeah. I know that uh, how concerned you are for her and just the sense of loneliness that people have in that kind of environment. When I have gone in to pay a visit to a church member who is there, I'm struck by how many other people want me to stop and talk with them. Yeah. Oh, they reach out. Oh. 
And what kind of a wonderful ministry would it be to spend an afternoon every week going in and just talking and loving on people, asking about them? To me, for someone who's a high-powered executive to be able to do that, that would, uh, that would be imitating Christ in Philippians chapter 2. Well, you can't do it now. They, won't, they can't let you in. Yeah. So what can you do? Uh, the mail gets in. Yes, you um, could be pen pals. That would mean a lot. It would. Phone calls. Yes. Drop off gifts. For those who happen to have access to an iPad or some kind of technological ability, to send a brief video note. So they click on that and you just, they see your face and all you have to say is 15 seconds of I'm thinking about you, praying for you. That would mean the world to someone who's locked up inside. Now, more than ever. Mm -hmm. Look, business is good. And Christian business people are a critical component of God's work in the world for what they do and how they do it. But business can success can twist our self-image in ways that imperil our faith and hurt our witness for Christ. Now, everything you have accomplished with your own hands was a gift of God. Recognize that. We ought to be saying, if it's the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. Don't boast and brag, James says. All such boasting is evil. I trust that today's discussion of God's Word has been helpful and served as an encouragement to not just be hearers of the Word, but doers. Together, let's bring God's Word to life, to our lives this week. The Crosstalk Podcast is a production of Crosstalk Global, equipping biblical communicators so every culture hears God's voice. To find out more or to support the work of this ministry, please visit www.crosstalkglobal.org. You can also support this show by sharing it on social media and telling your friends. Be sure to listen next Friday as we continue our discussion of the book of James and discover how Christian business leaders should run their businesses. Be sure to join us.